Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, good morning and welcome. If you haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Jason. And, um, and as summer begins to, you know, to come to an end for so many students here where we call home and, and as families begin to reconnect you know, to church from the summer schedule, and for others who have been searching for a place to call home, uh, we wanted to take a few weeks and, and invest in, in where we want to go by looking at where we have been and, and inspire you to join us together as we sort of change lives that change what? Lives. And so by putting Jesus at the center of everything we do by centering and pointing and living, it literally does change the atmosphere. It, help us, it helps us bring clarity to everything by talking about our values and who we are and who we are as an identity in Christ. And so I want you to know, literally, um, this week, uh, even this morning, uh, we, we took time and we, we prayed over the chairs and you, you this morning as an individual, specifically this week for you, that God would build your faith. And as God builds your faith, he would build our faith, right? He would build our faith together as one. There's something powerful when uh, that happens, when we come to a church body and we experience music like that and, and, and prayers like that and, and worship like that. For example, if you, if you pray alone, right, you know that that can be very powerful and amazing. But when you pray with others, right, when you pray with others, I'm telling you, there's something that happens that, will, you, that you will join your faith and it connects you so much more deeper and spiritual. Uh, and you feel like you're really touching the heart of God and it, it can move literally mountains. Uh, and and I, I would even say, if you, you, you can think of it this way, the same as worship. I've seen some of you in, in your cars worshiping, right, over the past summer. Uh, you know, and some of you got some cool music, right? And the other ones, you're still, you're doing the, the, uh, the, the old uh, Gaither bands. That's okay. I'm not judging, right? Uh, but it's just, it is what it is. Um, and for those of you who don't know what the Gaithers is, go Google it. Uh, but I, I, I love to turn up my music, right, when, when you guys pull it up at stoplights because you guys are just worshiping and you're going at it, you know, and, just, and all of a sudden I'm just like, I, I start searching just to try to find it, you know. Some, song, some songs it's really easy to find and some are others, but, uh, you know, it just, it's, I just love enjoying watching the show take place in the car. If you ever pull up to somebody beside that and they're just, they're just singing top of their lungs and they're chasing after it, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, there's just that, that moment, and I'm like, yeah, he needs to take the wheel. You know, um, maybe the voice too. But it's like that, you know, it, it's like you forget people. You, they can see you. Like you got like some kind of invisible force field. You're just, you're just chasing after it. But when you get in here, you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. Leave me by my hand. You know, you just hands in the pocket. But it's, it's kind of curious. It's, it's almost completely opposite. Um, and we're flat, we cross our hands, we cross our arms, and, but when we are all in, when we are all in and we lift our hands high and hearts abandoned, or we, we take those big, huge leaps of faith and we just, we just charge that ocean water and chasing after God, it's amazing and it's awesome to watch what happens. It changes lives that change lives and that's what we want to be about here. That's where we want to go with this as we sort of lean into the fall semester. 
Now, before we get too far into the sermon, um, first, next weekend, you know, you, you have a huge opportunity to jump into those waves, right? You have a huge opportunity to jump in those waves, and uh, it's, ba- it's basically something we like to do with Love Loud Now, and, and we like to wear our red shirts, because it literally doesn't say our name on it. I don't know if you've ever noticed those shirts, but it doesn't say our name on it. I love that fact. I love the fact that we can just literally love like Jesus taught us to love and go do it loudly and do it now. Not tomorrow, but now in a way that impacts our community. And so next weekend, starting next weekend and for a couple weekends, uh, we're just asking some people to gather with those red shirts uh, for an overcomer's baseball game. And and these are people with special needs that are going to be out there playing some baseball. And we need you to show up with some red shirts and just cheer these guys on. If this is something that's interesting to you and you want to know more about it, uh, we would love to connect with you at Connect point right back here in the back of the, the back of the room uh, we, but we just need you to show up with full force with those red shirts on and just literally impact the world in, in our own way here in our community and just just cheering on these guys I mean honestly we need you to come back, act like a fool okay just being honest with you. that's what we need you to come back like a fool and some some of you you don't have to act it's just part of who you are uh, but if you if you want more information about it connect at connection point uh, right after the service and we would love to just to go do this together as people of, of God just moving in the same direction and next, next week as well, uh, Sunday, you just don't want to miss it. And here's why. Um, maybe, maybe today's sermon is like, eh, but, you know, you're like, I'll check out for the next four weeks until the new series comes along. But, you know, I, I would say come next week because my friend and, and, and you know, she's been, she's been doing this with us now for, for four or five years, and she's been in it since day one. She, matter of fact, she was one of the first people that I mentioned the whole idea of a church plant to. We were sitting on a, on a tailgate in a church parking lot with a bunch of students, and we just said, you know, I just leaned over to her. We were just watching this big bonfire, and I just basically said, hey, listen, what would it look like to do this, you know, with adults? And, and she just goes, I don't know if it's possible. And so we just stopped and prayed right there around the campfire and the bonfire, and then we started talking about pencils. For whatever reason, I remember pencils and so in budgets and everything else. And said, you know, let's just pray that God moves and stencils something and we'll just give him the authority to write the lines. And, uh, and since that moment, uh, God just blessed uh, this, this movement. And Rhonda's been a part of this since day one. And you don't want to miss it because she's going to challenge us. She's going to challenge us that we are not supposed to be spiritual consumers. We are called to be spiritual contributors. And when the church does not exist, the church does not exist for us, we are the church and we exist for the world. She's going to push us into that category of what it really means to go all in as a spiritual uh, contributor, not a consumer. And so I just want you to be, you be here, be present, and invite somebody else to, to come alongside because I, I promise you, you won't be uh, discouraged next weekend. And so now I just, I just feel like it's the easiest way to start this message off is, is by laying out a quick foundation and looking at two different stories in the Bible about Jesus. And what's really interesting in these stories is, is if you're going to see Jesus and understand who he is and, and that Jesus was amazed two different times in the scriptures. And he was amazed for two different totally reasons, by the way. It was, it was a good and a bad. And, and in fact, he was amazed on opposite ends, literally, of the spectrum, completely opposite ends. The first story is in, when Jesus was in his hometown and he was teaching and some of the people were offended, like, who does he think he is? Who does Jesus think he is by doing all this stuff? He's the son of a carpenter. He can't do this. Uh, he shouldn't be saying these kinds of things. And, and he was amazed at something that they, they were talking about and doing. And, and so in Mark 6, Mark 6, 5 through 6, it says this. He could not do any miracles there. You know? And it just, just in my own here, 
in that right there, one little small sentence for me, it's, it, it means a lot. Here's why. Uh, when we decided to come back, you know, when we were, uh, God just said, hey, listen, Jason, you're, you're going to plant a church here in, 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 in this area. And I was like, really? I really was hoping for Africa, you know, uh, because it's just, it's easier to plant where you don't know people. But when you come back to your hometown and you try to change some lives, it's really challenging because people look at you like, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just him. It's, it's just them. And they don't see the heart behind everything. They don't see what God's really pushing you to go do. They don't see, and I, I, know, I, sort, of feel, I sort of feel what Jesus was feeling here at this moment. And so he, he said, could you not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them? Now, now this is Jesus, right? And, and then he says this one-liner. And this one-liner, he was amazed, he was amazed at their lack of what? Faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Even though they, he's, I mean, you just go over and you heal somebody, and you do this over here, and you, and you hear the stories, and they're still calling out, oh, he's just a son of a carpenter. Just, just a son of a carpenter. That's all he is. It's just Jesus. He's just from, he's just from this town. He, you know, he's, he is what he is. It's, it's just Jesus. And he was amazed at their lack of faith of who he was. Now, what was it again? He was, they, was it, he, they, he, they were amazed at what? At the lack of, come on now, we're going to wake up this morning. He was, they, he, Jesus was amazed that he, they were the lack of, now that's where we're going. All right? So we got the word. So there's a lack of faith, and Jesus was amazed. He was blown away. He was shocked. He was stunned that they did not believe that he had the power to do what he said and could do. And that he was who he said he was. And he was amazed. He was amazed at their lack of faith in him. The second story is simple. And we're going to look at in Luke's gospel. And there was a centurion who was the Jewish people who have surely hated because of all the cruel things that the centurions were known to do. And the centurion had, had a sick servant, right? He had a sick guy. He was a sick person, but he loved him. And it's kind of, kind of odd in a moment here for, for Jesus, but that he was dying, actually. He was actually dying. And so the centurion sent some people to go to Jesus and say this. Hey, Jesus, uh, come to this guy, right? And whenever Jesus met up with the centurion, he said, hey, this, the centurion simply said this instead of that. He didn't say that. He said, hey, you don't need to go to my house. Hey, Jesus, hey, I, I know you're a busy man, but you don't need to go to my house and pray for my servant. At your very word, I, I believe in you, and, and just say my servant will be healed, and I, and I believe it. I believe it. You, at your very word, as soon as he utters you out of your mouth, I believe it. You just say it, and my servant will be healed. And, and, and literally, in Luke 7, verse 9, it says this. When Jesus heard this, he was what? Amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Totally two different spectrums. Two different complete spectrums. Two different times Jesus was amazed. He was amazed at a lack of faith, and he was amazed at great faith. And here's the question as we launch in today, as we just push through this idea. As you launch into this new semester that's getting ready to come up, if Jesus looks at your faith level, those things that you're attempting for his glory, those things you're believing that he will do, would he be amazed at how big and audacious and bold your faith is? Or would he 
be amazed at your lack of faith? Think about it. It's a great question to stir right now and, and to wrestle with and just to literally throw out as we just launch into this. Because honestly, everything that we have done this, this far as a church plant has to revolve around our faith with Jesus. In fact, I, I want to do this. I just, I just kind of want to help you really be honest, and I'm going to ask you in a moment to rank your faith somewhere between 1, which is the lowest, and 10, which would be the highest and, and in order to, to be semi-accurate, uh, what I want you to simply think about is, is just the last seven days, just, just this last week, right? Just the last week. That, that's a little bit easier to remember. Some of you are like, oh, I had some big faith this past summer when this happened. No, 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 just the last seven days, right? And think about it. What great faith steps did you take in the last week? Did you do something really, 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 really bold? So daring that, you know, if, if God didn't come through, there, there's no way that you would ever ever had happened. If so, you're going to be on the higher end of the scale, the spectrum, and if not, you're going to be on the lower end of the spectrum. Think about your prayer life. Think about your prayer life. You know, if we were to just evaluate your prayer, what did you pray for? What did you really, you know, go down and chase? Imagine this week that if God answered every single prayer that you prayed for last week with a yes, and it was an immediate yes, it was just like automatic. I mean, you prayed it and God was like, poof, there it is, there's your answer, right? And you ask for something, you, most people are like, yes, there he is again, yes. And some of you are like, skip to the loot of my darling. I mean, you're like, praise the Lord, she said yes, you know. And some of you are like, I got the job. Some of you are like, ah, oh, finances are, my wife is so happy. You know, you know it's just, you, you, you fill in the blank. But everything you prayed for, God said yes. And if God said yes immediately to everything you prayed for, ask yourself this question. Here it comes. Would the world be any different? Would the world be any different? And so here's this amazing, amazing, uh, uh, you know, high-tech scale for you. Ready? I mean, this is just so high-tech. I know. But here's the scale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten being the biggest, one being the lowest, small, big. Where's your faith? I, I mean, where, where is it? You, you, you choose. You, you choose. Some of you are literally camping out over here on 8, 9, 10. And if 8, 9, 10 is, is, is your answer, I mean, if, 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 if it is, I mean, we, we've seen some pretty ridiculous things that only God can get the credit for. On the flip side, if it's 1, 2, 3, man, you, you haven't even begun to enter the water. You haven't even begun to step into the ocean. Think about it. If, if, if most of our Christian people would answer that, yeah, I lived over here in 8, 9, 10, cancer would be eradicated. There would be no more kids in this world that are looking for homes because we would be being the body of Christ and adopting every single one of them. The news would be positive. They wouldn't even know what to talk about at nighttime because it would all be just positive. Your marriage would be, you fill in the blank. Your kids would be, you fill in the blank. You would be able to give how much to God this week because you fully opened your hand up instead of this this week. All the marching and hate in the world would be no more because you got serious and you prayed about it for all to hear. You know, there's a story. Um, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and, and, and as I grew up in that church, you know, there's always those pastor stories. And I can't prove that this story is real, but it's one of those stories that just mean a lot to me because I remember it really well. Um, but 
you never, maybe some of you grew up in this environment, maybe some of you didn't, but they used to have something called Wednesday night prayer meetings, right? And so if you grew up in a church that did Wednesday night prayer meetings, I, I used to be a part of those things, and, and I remember them, and I remember this, this, this pastor telling the story about, a, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting, right? And, and, and the prayer meeting started to happen, and this is to say this is southwestern or southeastern United States, let's just say it's Georgia, and so in that Georgia state, you know, it was a big drought that summer, and all of a sudden during that summer drought, all the crops started to die, you know, people just needed a little bit of rain to to help the crops out, and, and, and literally, literally, uh, they said, hey, let's, let's, let's go out and pray over the crops. Let's go out to the, the farm fields and let's pray. And so I remember it clearly that this pastor was telling this story, and he's talking about our faith and prayer. And all of a sudden, you know, he starts to describe the first, the first deacon that shows up, right? The deacon shows up, and he shows up, you know, kind of dressed, khaki pants, you know, polo shirt, and the next deacon, tie, and and the next couple of women, you know, they're all dressing up and they're just showing up just to pray out, cry out to God. And all of a sudden the pastor shows up. He shows up in, you know, the normal suit and tie and everything because that's just what's required, right? And this little old lady, 90-some-odd years old, she shows up. She drives up. You know, she pulls out, get out of the car. And she opens the trunk. And out of the trunk, she opens up this big, huge trench coat, throws it on. Puts on the big mud gloss, and all of a sudden she throws up her big umbrella. It's like a beach umbrella, and she just walks out there. You know, grandma's walk. I'm not saying you walk funny, but you know what I'm talking about. And she's just walking out there, and she just, let's pray. And they're all looking at her like, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like this? And she said, I thought we were praying for rain. You know, it's, it's very evident to me that when people gather around and we pray for something, but you don't even act like it's going to happen. You're like, it's, it's just, you know, it's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. You need to be reminded of something we've, we've talked about before, but bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. When you throw those things out, a couple years ago, we did this, this, this series called The Circle Maker. It's a book by Mark Batterson, and this line is in there. And I promise you, when you camp out and you trust God with this, you do not move until he moves. And that little old woman showed them a little bit about what faith looks like in God that day by showing up with something ridiculous. Galoshes, raincoat, big umbrella. And she was praying. She believed that God was going to show up and dump a great rain. And this is what I'd say for some of you today. Some of you need to experience that. You need to feel like what it feels like to be rained on, unconditionally just downpour from God, only from God. And so you can be encouraged and to know that these prayers are real. And for some people, there would be nothing different in the world. Literally. There's nothing different in the world at all because you didn't pray a single prayer this week. You didn't even attempt anything that was bold or daring for the kingdom of the God of the glory. What, what, I mean, would God be amazed at your great faith or would he be blown away that you didn't even attempt anything and pray for anything significantly last seven days, even for your family? You know, it's often said is, did you know the only thing that equals zero is what? Zero. If you chose to, to multiply something out, the, the, the multiplication table says zero times one is. And so anything you throw out there, if you're not going to pray for it, you might as well forget about it. It's coming back goose egg. So there's got to be a, 
Even a one, even a one is multipliable. When you get two, get ready. And you can get three or four, it moves. You start to see faith established. As a church, as a church, I believe God is calling us to be faith-filled, big-thinking people. Never insult God with something small. I feel like sometimes we, we, we've insulted God by some of our prayers. And some of you literally, honestly, have stumbled because we, we see what the big prayer looks like and you chase it for a second when cancer comes around or something strategic. My marriage is falling apart or my kid's gone crazy. As my kids call them, cray-cray. But the truth is, you, you, you pray at that moment, but then all of a sudden things go easy and you're just like, eh. I'm back to normal. Life is good. No. He called us out to be bold in our prayers and to be just going chasing after it, no matter what the outcome, because it's going to increase your faith. And so my, my, my push this week and my, my challenge to us all, I don't, know, I don't know really where we're going. I'm just being honest with you. I just am trusting God with this and saying, we're going to just, we're going to chase after Jesus this way. But this coming Wednesday night, in the next couple Wednesday nights, maybe it's just an old time gathering of, of, of prayer meetings, but we're just going to gather up here in the loft. And I invite you to come back. I don't know what it looks like, but we're just gonna we're just gonna circle up and we're just gonna pray. We're gonna pray for our community. We're gonna pray for people. We're gonna pray for some healing. We're gonna pray that, that we honestly we experience God. If you're into that, if you want to be a part of that, come at seven o'clock. Meet me in the orange room. We're just gonna trust God to lead us. And then so in order to inspire us to take that big bold faith step, what I want to do is look at three quick faith-filled facts that hopefully will build your faith today and encourage you to follow God's direction in your life. And the first one is this, if you're taking notes. It's something that is very important to understand. And I believe this. And that is this. You cannot play it safe and please God. It's impossible. You can't play it safe and please God. In fact, the author of Hebrews said it this way. The great faith chapter in Hebrews 11, verse 6, he said, and without faith, what? It is impossible. Come on now. Say it loud. Let's go. Come on, church. Without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible to please God. In other words, if you can do everything within your own power and you never need the power of God, then you're living without faith. And without faith, Scripture says, it is impossible, it is impossible to please God. You see, this is what I've learned over these past couple of years. And I'd have to be just transparent, right? For years, I was a part of churches, and, and I trusted in my own faith, right? What I could do. And how I could lead. But when I, when I was humbled, and I remember the moment, in a park right down the street, we, we thought we had everything figured out. And for those who knew the journey, 
We thought we had everything sort of planned out and people started pulling off and we lost a couple leaders and then we lost the contract on the school and I was just like, God, I have nothing. Why did you choose me to do this? I'm broken, I'm beat up. I don't even know if I even believe right now. God, just help me. And I remember just clearly, he just said, trust me. Trust me. At that moment, I remember going down to that park beside some gooses that were dropping dumps everywhere, quacking at kids. I'm like, we're going to get some kid killed. You know? And then all of a sudden, we were picking up needles literally in the park because the people down there were using drugs before we, we come to church. We're picking up dirty diapers. We're having to go in there and clean the place before we can even get there to worship. But then we started worshiping. And I remember singing this one song, you know, and I, I was actually playing the guitar, preaching, praying, and doing just about everything because we lost a lot of people. But I remember specifically praying this prayer, and it was a prayer more than it was a song. And it was, God, you're the God of the city. You're the God of the city. What do you want me to do about this city? What do you want me to do with the city you've asked me to help change? And that's when faith got really messy for me. Because, for example, you know, if we just use this chair, I remember most people, even me, this is how we sit in chairs. This is just how we do it. You're ready to stand up if someone moves that chair. you're, you're, You're good. And this is how we play the game. We, we play it with a backup plan. There's always a backup plan. But when you trust God and you go all in with your faith and you sit like this, if this chair falls right now, I am screwed. Because I got completely faith in this chair. And this is what he's asking from you, from you with your faith. Because he wants to do something bold and audacious and big and huge. But you've got to lean in and trust him. And you've got to be willing to get messy. And faith is messy. Because you're trusting in something maybe you can't see. And for many of you, you're like, I, th- I think God is telling me to do this. And, and you, you try it. And it's a step of faith. And for, for you, it turns out to be amazing because you were right. God was calling you out to do something. And then there are times when he called you out, but, but you lacked the faith halfway out there and you took your eyes off Jesus and you began to what? Sink. And you began to worry about what others, this is the huge one in our community. Come on, right? We worry about who? The one sitting beside you. Not Jesus. Even though he called you out and you, you clearly heard it during the worship service, but you clearly heard it on, the, on your way down to, uh, you know, school this week and you listened to Air One and it got confirmed by somebody else. And you, I mean, it's just like we, 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 we hear from God anywhere. Maybe it was in the shower or on the toilet bowl or Jesus calling. I don't know. But you heard it and you got confirmed and it confirmed. And then you, you, you just took your eyes. You lacked the faith of going all out and you just, something happened. And all of a sudden you started to sink and you, you started to worry about what other people were looking at you. And then our faith got a little messy, and we trusted Jesus less the next time. When we walked up to church, when we gathered, you, instead of leaning in and just going like this, you were leaning like this. And the next time, you, you know, you're, you're not even here on a Sunday morning, you're just, you're doing your own thing at home, and you're just like, I'll just go next time, next time. 
And one of the greatest examples of this is Peter in the Bible. And when all the disciples were in the boat and Jesus walks out on the water, he's like, anybody want to come out here and see me? Anybody got enough faith? And Peter, he's kind of crazy if you don't know him. He just gets out of the boat. He just jumps. He just takes off. He just takes off walking. And he didn't even look at how, how crazy the water was splashing around, how, 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 how I mean, just the, the sheer waves. And there's like a shark. There's, there's this huge shark. There's a great white right there. And he didn't even pay attention to it. All right? For me, I, I just saw this big, huge shark. And I'm like, oh, no way. I know what sharks do. I watch Shark Week. And so, you know, it, you, just, you sit there and look at this, and you're just like, this is a crazy story, but it's true. You see, everybody criticizes Peter because Peter failed halfway out there. He looked at the wind and the waves and sharks and anything else that was out there, and, and he began to sink. But here's the thing that I would challenge and push back. There were 11 guys that were still stuck in the boat that never, ever got out and took a leap of faith and began to walk. You see, they failed before they even, they failed before they even thought it because they didn't even have faith in Jesus in the first place. And so often our fears of failure keeps us from taking that step of faith because people often think that failing means missing on God. And I've discovered that failing is often the first step of discovering God. That first step of really having to trust in him and to know that things are not the way you planned them and now you're getting ready to experience how he wants them to be. Never let the fear of failure stop you from taking that step of faith. I don't care what it looks like. Just trust in what he's trying to do through you. What's going to happen if I get out of the boat today? I don't know. All I know is you have been called to be stepping out of your boat. And then it's up to you to find out what that looks like. And I don't know who this is going to to speak to, but some of you, you've been playing it safe. And here's what I would say. You can't play it safe and please God anymore. You can't play it safe and please God. And I would even argue if, if you're not failing every now and then, you're playing it way too safe. Because without faith, what? It's impossible to please God. And maybe you've been called, let's just think about this semester. Maybe you've been called and you know you've been called to start that group in your home. But you're just scared. Like, I, I can't do it. I don't know how to lead a group. I'm, you don't even know what happens to my underarm pits when I start talking and I just sweat. And I'm like, you know, I, I got to do that. I got to do mouth. And I, 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 you know, right? I can't, I can't lead a group. I don't know what to do. I, just trust God. What, what would happen? What would happen if you started a group in your home of, of just people like you? And you just started trusting God and you just got really real. And you got on your knees and you just, you just trusted God. Either A, some of the people who, who don't want to be there are going to walk away because you're leaning into God way too much, Right? Or, B, they're going to lean in with you and like, this is the coolest thing in the world and I've never done this before. What is this? And you're like, this is God. This is what God does. When you call out him and he calls out you, you experience him and it's the most amazing feeling in the world. What if it's a business? What if God's called you to start a business? What if God's called you to start a business and, and to change the lives of people here where we work, live, and play? 
and you, you know he's been calling you out for quite some time, but you just give every excuse there was to man. And as a student, what if you've been called to, to, to literally be a missionary? And you don't even know what that means, but you, you, you're afraid to, to be a missionary in your own school, but you'll go serve somewhere else. But I'm, what if you've been called and you know it, and, but you need to do it here in your hometown and you're just afraid? You're afraid to go step across that room and, and to stand up for something that you, you're getting ready to go experience in a couple of years. You, you're, you're taking that first huge step of faith and it's changed you. What, 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 what? Maybe you're called to give more of your time, your talent, and your tithe to prove, to prove to you God wants to bless those steps but you're not willing to give up anything that would affect you personally because your time, your talent, your tithe is yours. I'm just throwing questions out. Would God be amazed at your great faith or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? You see, the principle number one is simply this. You cannot play it safe and please God. It's impossible. Second thing is this, if you're taking some notes. As long as you have a guarantee... Right? As long as you got a guarantee, you, you really don't have faith. The writer to Hebrews said this in Hebrews 11.1. 1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for, right? What we hope for is an assurance about what we do not see. It's kind of interesting, right? What we hope for. Notice that is not like what's guaranteed, but what we hope for. We're still, in the, we're still in the hoping, and I hope this is what? God. I hope this works out, right? Have you ever heard people say that in church? I have. I grew up in church, and I, I've heard people say, I hope this works. We're on a mission field. What do you mean you hope this works? This is of God. He's the one that gave us this. We're, it's it's going to work. It's the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us an assurance of things we cannot see. The problem for many of us is we want a what? Guarantee. We like the thing on the box. <laughs> I love Tommy Boy. If you ever watched it, you know what I'm talking about. You can put a guarantee on anything, but sometimes it's just a piece of junk in a box. And that's the edited version. Sometimes we want that guarantee so much we'll do anything for it because we want it. Is this going to work? I need a guarantee. God, come on, show up. I need, I need this. You need to do this so I know. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard people say that? Now you're bargaining with God. Where's the faith in that? Listen, you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both if you're going to follow God. You can have faith or you can have control, but you cannot have both. Sometimes you just have to say, I think God's calling me to do this. I hope God's calling me to do this. I believe God's calling me to do this. And some of you, you're going to have to let go of your control and take that huge step of faith, but to begin to serve in ways that you never thought was possible to see change lives that can change lives that can change lives that could change lives as a disciple maker. And as a church this year, we're going to do some things that I don't even know how, we're going to, how they're going to turn out. And honestly, but I believe we're called to impact where we work, where we live, and where we play simply by taking that huge, bold step of faith. 
See, Jesus and we are, are the difference makers because he's called us out to think big, to think with our faith and be bold and audacious. And we just have to literally take that first step. Third thing, if you're taking notes. To step towards your destiny. To, step, to take, a, take a step, right, towards your destiny. You, you have to step away from your security. To take a step towards God, you have to take a step away from what you know is safe. This is exactly what Abraham did in one of the craziest stories of faith-filled stories in the Old Testament. And it's actually reflected in the New Testament. In verse 8 of, of Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this, by, by faith, in Hebrews eleven eight, 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive uh, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though, here it is, he did not know where he was going. And when you take that step of faith, and if you keep your eyes focused on the author and perfecter of faith, Hebrews 12, 2, and suddenly by his power, now you're not walking by sight anymore, but you're actually walking by faith. You see, it's not just a slogan on a shirt or something that people tattoo on their arms. It's literally scripture coming alive through you by your obedience. And without faith, we've said it a dozen times already, it's impossible to please God. But great faith, great faith pleases God in a great way. And he gets excited when you get excited in him. And man, he just, he, he trusts you with more and more and more. And it's a great, great way we can change the world. We can change the world by simply embarking on this journey with God. Now listen, I'm calling us all out as a church this morning. Church, we're not going to sit back and enjoy these comfortable seats. If we have to go get little stools for all of us, we're going to. All right? We can't just come up here and expect it to be another social hour where we can get some donuts and coffee and talk about fantasy football as we approach fantasy football season. All right? We're going to be thinking big when we walk in here. We're going to be thinking how we can impact the We are on the third floor of a bank. That's weird. Second thing, we're on the third floor of a bank. We should be broadcasting a message that's so big and so bold that it literally ripples the effects of every surrounding county because literally we are the tallest building in four counties. Just saying, we have the potential to impact our communities, but it starts with you thinking big, being big, and walking in here knowing that God is going to be the difference maker. And I want you to begin to believe it. And it starts with you. You see, our God did not give us a small commission. But he gave us a great commission. That everyone would know him. That the gospel would be preached around the world starting right here in central Kentucky. For where we call home. We need all of us to begin to lean in and take that huge step of faith. And to share their story this week at work school, what it means to trust God, to give more and see how it affects you and watch the blessing that comes back around to you, to serve more by helping with Kidsville. Some of you are like, I hate kids. This is maybe what God's trying to encourage you. You need to know what it feels like to be crawled over, loved on, 
punched in the gut some days. He's just trying to challenge you and to grow spiritually. Maybe it's, maybe it's to hang out with you know, students in our living room, our student ministry. We always need some people just to love on teenagers and encourage them because in today's culture, literally, if you, if you have no clue, man, these guys are getting slammed with stuff that is just, it's crazy. From things that are being taught at school, and they're saying these are facts, and they're just coming home with the parents going, Dad, Mom, is this, is this real? And Mom and Dad are like, ah, they call me. I'm like, let's just read the Bible. Let's, let's just dive in. Let's just see what God says about that. And then, then you see our opportunities to love loud now. We, we have people who literally that are served in so many ways. And we'll show up for the big things like our gobble, gobble, give or our Christmas blitz and stuff. But through the summers, man, we have smaller numbers because it takes time. It takes energy. It takes love. But I'll tell you one thing. There are people that literally can remember the first time we took a step of faith and we walked across the street and we loved on some people down at Long Run and some other areas and they're still engaged because we loved loud now and we impacted their world. They don't come here every Sunday, but you show up at Walmart, you show up at other places and they'll, they'll sit and have a conversation with you about one thing, where God's at in their life. There are so many ways to serve here on a Sunday morning. We got the Nest, the worship crew. We got, you know, first impressions. We have all kinds of opportunities for you to take a huge step of faith. And some of you are really good at talking to people. Some of you are really good at welcoming people in, and we need you. Because there's other people that are going to be walking in these doors. Because we're going to have some big faith, and we're going to be praying that God sends them this way. So we can do one thing, John 13, 35. They're going to find out what love really looks like through you. You just have to say, yes, Lord. Here I come you got to jump out on that ocean wave and get ready to ride it. Because he's called you out. He's called us out. And so this morning, sort of just wrap this up. When God looks at you, I want him to be amazed at your faith. I want him to be amazed at your faith. And when God looks at this church, I want him to be amazed at our faith. Because I believe our God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever imagine according to his power at work in this church and through us. So he would be glorified and generations to come would be impacted here in central Kentucky. Here's some ideas. As the worship team comes on up and we sort of sing a song to reflect. But where are you serving? Where are you plugging in? Where are you engaging what God can do in your life? How are you giving? Are you tipping God just a couple bucks a day? Are you just literally really chasing after and say, God, here's, here's my resources? Matter of fact, I've been brainstorming with some of, my, some of the financial team and some of the ideas that have come our way is, you know, we have something called automation. We'll talk about this later, and I'm not trying to you know, here comes the big speech, right? It's the end of the closing. We're going to have that worship song. It's going to kind of convict us. No, 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 no. I, I just want to see something God can only get the credit for. And I would love to see some people take a 30-day challenge. For the next couple months, take a 30-day challenge, online giving. Go for a dollar a day and see what happens. I was just trying to do the numbers on that. If like 50 people do that, it's like 1,500 some odd dollars. Do you know how cool that would be to have 1,500 dollars in our budget to just walk around town and start to help out ministries here in our community? 
Just to say, hey, we got a check for you. We just want to be able to bless you and, and just literally just see what God can do through you guys' ministry. <laughs> to walk over to Grace Cafe and say, your, your rent's paid for this month, or your lecture bill, give it to me. To just walk across the room and help out some kids at, at, at literally Jenny Rogers, who we love to partner with, and say, hey, I know there's going to be some expenditures come up, and so we just want to help out. Or maybe, maybe like we did one year, and we just walked into the teachers, and every teacher literally at the school got a gift card of 50 bucks. And I said, listen, what it, you're, you're frontline missionaries. We, we're not asking you to give a receipt in. We, just, we trust you with this. If you see a kid that needs anything, you go buy it for him. It's just, it's just that simple. And they're like, what? And like, yeah, here you go. Here's another one. You need another one? Okay, here's another one. Who are you? We're just, we're just in love with Jesus. And we just want to see him do something that only he gets the credit for. And they still talk about that. They still talk about that. And they're like, no one has ever done that before. That's what I want to be called for. Like the, the, it's just different. It doesn't look like sterile environment of going to church on Sundays and getting a little checkbox because you went to church because that's just what we do in this culture we live in called Central Kentucky. But I want to seriously have a church who is excited to come to worship and we just chase God with everything we got. And then they just, when we walk out of here, we're so full of energy because we gathered and then we scattered and then we go be the light of the world. And the gates of hell, what? Can't overturn us. Because we're on a mission, a great mission from God. But it starts with you. It starts with your faith. It starts with your time. It starts with your talent. And it starts with your tithe. It's up to you to choose to say, you know what? I'm all in. Those light bulbs, those mean something here. I want to see them light the world up. If you don't know the story about the light bulbs, not in here, but out there. We started just a couple years ago up here. Matter of fact, three years ago, come September 1st, I think, it's the first service up here. And there was no light bulbs in that room out there. But in these past three years, every light bulb you see in that orange room is somebody who's accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And if you haven't noticed, man, that's a lot of light bulbs. Thank you. Yeah, come on. Thank you for being a part and believing in, in, in what God can do through you. But now we're just being called out to go even further, go faster. And I promise you, it's going to change the world. I believe it because I've seen it in my own walk. When you get to that humbling place and you say, God, okay, I'm all ready. It's no longer about me. It's about you. What do you want me to do this week? Okay, we're going to pray. We're going to walk across the room. We're going to pray for this person. I do not know why I'm talking to you, but I'm here to say, hey, let's talk about Jesus. And when that moment happens, get ready. It's the most exciting journey that I've ever been on. And I just want us to be as a church to see something this semester. It's big. It's bodacious. And that would be our faith rising up just continue to grow and when people look inward and say what is going on there it's just one word Jesus they lean in and say well whatever is going on there I want to lean into that's when you start to share your faith in Jesus so where is it is it big or is it small are you in the one, two, three, or are you in the eight, nine, ten? 
for some of you, you've been camping out on one for a long time. For others, it's just around the seven or eight and you're playing it safe. Some of you are on the, the five, you know. But I'm asking you to trust God and just see what it looks like to go nine ten. Nine ten. And let's watch what God can do. Jesus, I thank you for this time and I thank you for what you're trying to reveal. As we launch into this series and Jesus and we, and I just trust you what you're, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And I pray that over to others. That they literally walk away today experiencing you. Sometimes, God, we... We, we barter with you. We, we say, God, if, if, if you will do this, it will reveal this. And I know, then I know, no, that's not what you're asking. You're just asking us to be bold, to be humble, to experience you more, and to, and to grab our wife, to grab our husband, to grab our kids and just pray over. Who cares what other people were looking at? Just you and them and see where we go. Maybe it's just to walk across the room and ask for forgiveness. Not to say I'm sorry, but just to walk across the room and say, I'm, I need to ask for forgiveness. Or maybe it's to walk across the street and, and to, to usher in the presence of love for our next door neighbors. Or maybe it's the, the person sitting beside us in school and to say, you know what? I need to love that person because no one else is loving him or her. Or maybe it's to serve. Maybe it's just to get involved and do things that you never thought was possible. We're sitting on talent. There is so much talent in this room that some people are sitting on it and you know what I'm talking about. You don't want no one to know that you can sing or you can draw, you can play a piano, a guitar, whatever it may be. You do not want no people to know that you actually do love kids because you just, it's comfortable to come and, and just consume and walk away. You talk a big game on Facebook, Twitter, social media. But when it comes to action, there's just nothing there. God, I'm, I'm just asking for us to be big and bold and, and to, to take that risk and to step out and to change the world because you gave us a great commission. May we be great in your name only. and Stop being small in so many areas. Jesus, this semester, I just pray as we humble ourselves that you just do something only you can get the credit for and you change lives that can change lives in your name amen